Hey folks, Chad here with MassageCore Academy. I want to tell you about our done for you social media membership. It is everything that you need to post on social media, your graphics, your content, and resources so that you can level up your online reputation. Go to MassageCoreAcademy.com to register and you can do that right now. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sheets. We are your hosts, Chad and Jeanette, and we have another episode with Zachary Urbrecht. Hey, guys. How's it hey, going? Zach. It's, uh, um, well, um, busy. Busy, busy, busy. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a lot of, you know, now I'm, you know, now I have another therapist and now we're going to gyms and we're partnered up with crunch fitness. We've done, you know, we've done classes at different facilities. Like it's now like the point where like I'm branching out and I'm not necessarily directly making money. It's not like crunch fitness is paying me. Um, but crunch fitness has a brilliant program. So like if you're near a crunch fitness, like go, go there. Um, because they're a great program to network with and they're huge. Most crunch fitnesses are huge. Um, but like get out there and like, even though like I'm holding a class and like I'm giving away a freebie plus a discount just because you came to that class with that certain facility, like I'm not directly charging anybody for that, but like how many clients did I get from that? And you know, as a business owner, sometimes you take on more liabilities to do that. Well, now you're going outside of your facility to teach people how to do this. Is there a certain certification that you need to have or a certain insurance that you need to have because you're providing something for some people? And I don't think that a lot of people think about that or assets, stuff that you have to acquire. Say now you have to have like a you have to have a separate storage shed so that the essential oils that you're providing don't get broken, don't get whatever. That's an asset that you have because you might decide to buy one that's $1,500. To us, those are assets because if our business has to close or we have to get more money, that might be something that we're considering selling off. Absolutely. So, and this all you explained like in our little powwow that this is all part of your balance sheet. So the first question, I guess, unless Chad has something else to say, would be I, I, I don't have something else to say. Take it away. Um, what is like what is the balance sheet? So the balance sheet primarily keeps track of your assets, which would be your bank accounts, savings accounts, um, anything physically associated with the the business. So like if you bought a laptop, and generally you're looking for something that's over 20, you know, like $2,100. So like uh, $1,200, you know, in an asset itself. Now, sometimes it can be smaller amounts, like your inventory would also count as an asset. No, but for like a mobile therapist, that would be like, if they're like, okay, I'm going to be mobile in order to, for the longevity of my career, I'm going to trade in the sedan and I'm going to get an SUV because it loads out at my waist. Like that is now an asset because your primary job is <clears throat> mobile therapy. Yeah. And if you're purchasing that vehicle for the business, you definitely want to make sure you're talking to your, your accountant, your tax account to make sure that it's being recorded correctly. You know, is it still a personal vehicle or is it, you know, being designated exactly for your business itself? 
Um, you know, cause even if it's a personal vehicle, you're still being able to write off the mileage and things like that. You know, you can write off uh, mileage or other expenses associated with it. But like, if you bring it on as an asset to the business, then anything associated with the expenses of maintaining that vehicle also is considered, you know, expenses and such. But then you also have liabilities, which would be any loans associated with the business. Um, if you had, um, you know, provided employee loans, you know, those are considered um, liabilities as well, too, because you, you provided that money to them and they're paying it back. Um, and then, or, you know, or vice versa. Um, and if you're have taxes that are needing to be paid out, but you're not paying them immediately, those are liabilities on the business that's being associated with it too. Um, and then you so, have as well. So you said something about employee loans. Quick question. Would that be the category that say you have employees and you tell them, um, hey, we will provide you the training for this that will get you, that will also get you the continuing ed credits. We will reimburse you 50%, but you have to then work at least for the next year with us. Like would, where does that fall under that technical loan? Because you're technically loaning them the money until they pay you back with their services that they're providing? No, no, it, no, it would have been like as if you handed them cash and, and they had to pay that back. Um, okay. But like if you have, you know, within your contract of, you know, we cover your AMTA membership or, you know, we're covering 50% of the cost of a continuing education and you have, you know, a stipulation associated with that, that's still going to be an expense on your business because they're not going to be paying you back for that. Um, okay. and obviously, they're paying you back in the number of services that they're providing, but they're not paying it back as in hard cash back to you, hard assets. Okay. You know, and then you have like your equity that's also associated with the balance sheet, which is the money in, money out. So like money that or funds that you provided into the business and any withdrawals that you directly took out of the business as well, too. So um, but it also affects retained earnings and other things like that. But it, it gets a little more technical. But the, pretty much the balance sheet is always equity equals liability plus or I'm sorry, assets equal liability plus equity. So, you know, it, you're always going to come up with a balance of the assets are always going to equal the liability and the equity together. So um, that's hence why it's called the balance sheet because you're wanting to make sure that everything is balanced. Okay. So getting off of like technical, like what would you be looking at your balance? I mean, you said like to make sure everything is balanced. So like what would a good balance sheet look like and what would a bad balance sheet look like um well i mean like at the end of the day when you're looking at like each line item and at the bottom there's all the totals like what what are we I, that's probably a loaded question so just do your best you know well yeah i mean it can be a little loaded but like your assets are anything any of the hard cash that's like in the accounts that you have your your bank account your checking your savings things like that um as well as anything associated with business so the full value of say the vehicle like you were expressing about earlier so the full value of that um, vehicle is an asset on the business so like whenever you go to sell it you can take it as a capital gain or a capital loss which will end up showing on your profit and loss sheet um the liability is money that you owe 
you know, a creditor or so like for a loan or um, you, you took out the loan for the, the, the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So the loan, that vehicle is going to show up twice. It's going to show up both as an asset and a liability on the company as well, too. And mm -hmm. whenever that gets sold off, you're needing to subtract both of those numbers, both the right. asset and the liability, and you might end up with a gain or you might end up with a loss, you know, all depending on, on how well, that depreciates. Well, and then this becomes, because you're putting like any of your business loans into that category, this becomes like, if you're, you know, month after month after month, you're like, I'm doing all this marketing. Like, I know I'm getting new clients, but like, why are my numbers not where I need them to be? That's when you're looking at all of those loans that you have out or that you're paying back and looking at like, okay, well, God, this loan is taking out 20% of my sales. Like mm -hmm. how? And then you go back and you're like, okay, what do I, what, how can I get this loan paid off the quickest so that I can actually do better in my business? Yeah. That's yeah. when and that becomes, in, that's when stuff like that becomes important. Like we know like, okay, I got this five grand capital loan sitting over my head and 20% comes out, but we're not exactly a business that has the available, like the we can't really nickel and dime. There's only so much that we can charge for in the area before we're just, it's our price is astronomical. Yes. Um, but yeah, we just don't have that ability to not know that, <laughs> like not know those numbers. Exactly. And, and that's why you end up trying to diversify. But for us, especially as massage therapists, we're primarily service-based. So that means it's either our hands doing the work or another person's hands doing the work and trying to, you know, do that balance act. And yes, you know, paying for another person tends to be the most expensive thing that ends up being associated with your business versus even the loans that's set at a 20%. Um, you know, so you're always doing a nice balancing well, act. And, and those like, are the... Those are the things that when you, when you're looking at, like, whether you have an independent contractor or an employee, those are the things that you're looking at with like, okay, well, I have this program where at any given time, the employees are allowed to say, Hey, I need a loan of a grant. And this is how much they're allowed to take out over this time period or whatever. If you have one of those programs that, which is great, or, um, you know, the, whatever you're providing for them you can look at the end of your year and be like, okay, I want to pay them more, but where is it coming from? Like, am I going to have to get rid of this program, this loan program, or this 50% coverage of my continuing ed programs? And am I going to have to take that and then just disperse it amongst their paychecks? Because what's more important to them right now is getting more money per paycheck than covering CEUs because they themselves are not able to personally budget because they're not getting enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're definitely getting into the point of that at the same time too, like your assets, you know, are only finite as well too. And your liabilities can vary, you know, greatly, but you always want to make sure that whatever, especially if you're taking out a loan for the business, that's not income into the business. That's something that you're utilizing in order to generate more income into the business. Yeah. So, you know, you want to use it to your advantage because when it comes to taxes, that's not 
you know, it's not income. It's it's liabilities doesn't count as an income. So it, 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 I know it gets a little confusing and definitely talk to your tax accountant to make sure that you're you're following all the correct, you know, rules and, and regulations for that. But yeah, these uh, are just the things that you miss when you're trying to do it yourself and you don't under you don't have a 150 percent understanding about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you always want to. Yeah. So you always want to make sure that, you know, if you are taking out loans for the business that you are going to be making back more or have some way of generating more of from what you got into it. So what you got out of that loan. So right. you're, you're either going to pay, you know, either exuberant fees or you're going to end up paying, um, you know, an interest rate on top of that. So it's going to cost you more in the end than what you actually received. So you want to make sure that whatever your process is going to be, that it's going to be an expansion of what you're doing. That was such right. an amazing piece of advice because <clears throat> I've seen it before um, where someone takes a loan out to float payroll for the next month. And that's not that's not the best way to make payroll um, yeah. because essentially what you're not doing is what you said, which is um, putting that money towards something that's going to work, make more money. Right. Yeah. So, so let's, uh, let's, let's put a real world example on that. And then Zach, correct me if I'm misinterpreting it, but let's say uh, you've taken, you've taken a class, you have an, a, an amazing modality, but the modality requires that you are on the table also, right? So the weight of the capacity is no longer 350 pounds. Now you need a table that can support um, 700 pounds or a thousand pounds or whatever you're comfortable with, right? And so you decide you're going to do a hydraulic table, right? Um, because it's super finite, you can get to the precise height, you can also get on the table as well to perform this modality that is just, um, you're able to charge 30% more because it just is phenomenal, right? But you need to take a loan out for that table in order to make 30% more per session. That would be a positive reason to take a loan out because you, it's going that money is going to work for you to increase your business, increase your money in because of this new education that has this new requirement. Is that a fair example of what you were discussing? Yeah, yes, in in, in some fair ways. Yeah, you know, being able to provide a different service because you purchased that table and it just happened to cost you as a loan versus paying it directly out. But you know, that table, if it was like say over $1,200, now that table is also an asset on the business as well too. So it's offsetting right. that liability on your business as well. And so, I think, I think that a lot of people forget, like, especially with like, um, square capital loan is one of the biggest ones because once you start signing up with square, start running credit cards through, they now have a tracking of like, okay, they're bringing in money and then they grab you. They say, do you need a square capital loan? But it's the same as having a capital working line of credit. Like when you go to your bank and get one of those, it's meant to kind of rebalance itself where you're only taking so much money out for things like this or things like, okay, this was a slow month, but I do need payroll covered. But I know that next month, will be better. So I will already have paid back that capital. Like it is a capital working loan. But the difference is Square makes it easier to do it because they literally just say, we're going to offer you this here, fill in your information. And literally within 30 minutes, you get a pre-approval, maybe the next day, depending on timing. 
And you're like, great, this makes it easy. And it does. I'm not downing Square for having this option because they do make it very easy for business owners that to get a loan. But they take 20% out of each sale. They don't charge you interest as it's accruing. They have like a flat fee. They they take 20% out of each sale. Okay. You might not, you're like, great. I don't even see it. I don't have to make the payment. But the problem is, is that maybe if you would have just applied for a smaller loan through a bank, and even if your payment would have been 400 a month because your interest was up, that still might have only been a $400 payment as opposed to like an $800 plus payment because you're they're taking 20% out of every well, sale and that's for, the piece yeah. that me you're, pay, people you're paying miss. for convenience is what you're doing you're mm -hmm. paying for the convenience yep. of not having to worry about it you're paying for I'm a newer business I haven't a step I haven't even done my Duns and Bradstreet uh number yet so I don't I can't even accrue business credit the way I should so even if I go to a bank they're doing it against my personal social security number as secure so you might be in a scenario where you can't get a $30,000 loan because your business is not established enough to where they say yes you have a business model that we we feel comfortable enough for you to pay this back at a reasonable interest rate right so they make it super convenient for just about anybody because the infrastructure is set up where they get paid as you get paid as opposed to mm -hmm. waiting for you to yeah. make that payment right the risk and i'll is put it in low. there too like you know square is already seeing <clears throat> the 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 amount of funds that are being process through so hence yeah. why they're they're selling you at whatever rate that it is because they see you know the advantage of how quickly they can get that investment back that they provided for your business you know so you can also see like the capital loans as an investment from that company into your business mm -hmm. as well too so one of the uh, one of the biggest things that I've heard and I've heard this from the big guys all the time is um, data is the most valuable piece of your business. And I'll give you an example of a company, big company that did this and they did this brilliantly. So there's a, comp there's a company based out of Detroit called uh, Rocket Mortgage. They I don't know if they're nationwide or not, but they do mortgages for homes and they've always had a great model. They always, you know, uh, paying you for a refinance and can offer you something phenomenal, right? Um, recently, over the last year or two, maybe, they launched a product that was essentially Rocket Finance, uh, Rocket Money, where you connect your bank accounts and they organize what you're spending money on and they're pitching it in a way of, you've got two Netflix memberships, get rid of one. You're spending X amount in groceries, it went up this month, um, what can you do, to, right? They're giving you a money management system. But the reality of what they're doing is they're understanding your money in, your money out, so when it comes time for them to offer you something, they have this abundance of data to base it off of, right? They know how much money is coming in and what it's coming in from, and they know how much of money is going out to see if you're a reliable candidate for them because you uh, go to the club every weekend. Maybe they're not great for us to loan money to, right? Or they you see they see casino, 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 right? Maybe you're a little bit higher of a risk for them, so maybe they offer you something that's attractive but maybe they can take advantage of the interest rate, right? I'm not saying that that's their business practice, but the point is they're getting tons of data disguising this product as something that's going to be a benefit for you, which it is. You're able to get an overview of your finances way better than any banking app. Um, but at the end of the day, they have all this information where now they can say you're spending 120, you have a, a loan out for, you, you had a, um, 
you know, you can refinance and we can eliminate 2% because we know how much money exactly is coming in and coming out. And that's similar to that square capitals. They know what's coming in. They know how you're getting paid. They know the frequency. They know what you can afford. And I think it's brilliant. Um, but data is uh, what drives a business. And when we Absolutely. talk about when we talk about understanding your numbers, that's what we're saying. When you understand all of the data behind your business, we're not in the business of doing massages. We're in the businesses of growth, of finance, because the ultimate goal is increase revenue, decrease costs, and grow the business. Right. But you can't do that without understanding the numbers and then understanding the marketing in order to drive the sales and the retention, uh, all of it coincides um, but if you think you're in the business of giving massages you you should work for somebody else and let them handle the parts of business growth and just do massage well and this kind of this kind of like plays into what we're going to get into next week which is um you know contractor versus employee which situation is right for me like this is all kind of just leaving leading up to you know if you get clear on all of these things then you will be set to be in a position to hire an independent contractor or an employee. Before, because... we, before we jump, I want to make sure that we give Zach, I totally took over a lot of the conversation there. I want to make sure he didn't have any bullet <laughs> No, points. no, no, no. I, I, I loved everything that you were talking about. Because, <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely want to know, like, where your money is going and coming. So, you know, like, if, if we looked at the example that we that we provided there for the, the balance sheet, you know, like you see, like there's a capital loan on there. And if we're showing the difference between like January to February, there was 2000 some dollars that came, you know, that was paid back towards that loan. Um, then that was all through those 20% transactions, you know, through an entire month. So you can see where that can really take an impact on your business. Yeah. You know, and so analyze that was... because that's something, that's something that Square keeps giving you. Like once you reach like, 75% or like 70% paid off, they'll say, hey, we have another loan offer for you. This loan offer will pay back the balance first. So if they, if you had like a thousand dollars left to pay, they're offering you seven grand, six grand is what's going to hit your bank account. Yeah. Something like that. So you're like, okay, great. I get this loan paid off. I get an additional 6,000. I'm good to go. But if you're just keeping repetitively doing the same thing and you're not analyzing, hey, I might have to pinch pennies for a month, but if I can get this square loan paid off and just pinch those pennies for a month, I don't need the loan. I just need to buckle down a little bit. And that yeah. would be the month where you're not, you might cut back on your marketing or say, well, you know, this is a slow month anyways. I'm just going to kind of dip out a little bit. I'm not going to spend as much time here. It's really, it's just, it's so eye-opening even for a sole prop business owner who is just you. It's because I feel like a lot of us feel like we're just going to work until we're 55, 60, 70. And then we're going to be like, well, what do I do now? Like, yeah. I can't really sell the clients. I can't really sell my leased space. So like, what do I do now? Like, well, say, and you could sell the clients because that's selling your book of clients. So that would be, you know, a sell. Um, some clients. people would be argue, would be argumentative about HIPAA. I don't want to get into that right now because we will go on for 45 minutes. Well, but uh, I see yeah, what no, you're I, saying. I get it. But yeah, you're, you're not selling your, 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 you know, uh, medical history documents 
necessarily to the, the, the new owner or anything. You're selling your um, customer relation management information, uh, all the clients' names, their email addresses. Those right. They still have to do an and onboarding. They still have to so. do an onboarding and a transfer. Uh, you, you still have to do that intake and that initial consultation and mm-hmm. um, sign the documents and the waivers and agreements uh, that that new owner hopefully has put in place properly. Um, so, crap, I had one thing. Oh, it's it's fair to mention we've referenced a couple of things like, you know, example, companies and balance sheets and all that stuff. Um, go to massagecoreacademy.com slash links. Look for Zach. We have everything referenced there so all the things that come up um you know over the yeah, last yeah they're all just in they're, they're all, all just there. in one landing page so that you guys just keep going back to the same landing page yep. so, super super yeah. easy so as we reference various things just just jump over there download the stuff because that's going to give you uh examples and sample company is based off of a real company so the great news is um these aren't just made up this is real right so yeah we're, we're able to look at the actual uh, happenings uh, of a company and Zach said thank you so much for providing um, these because you know this this gives us insight I mean if somebody can see oh I can relate with this piece or oh that's kind of cool I like how this is done you're getting like the real world example so thank you so much right. for providing those and like I said this is building up to next week where you know we get all these informations and now we're at the point where we want to hire somebody um, you know, contractor versus employee. We are going to talk about the differences. Um, I'm going to end there because I could go on for 30 more minutes. Keep folding your sheets and see you next week, guys. Take it to the next level.